Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Friends From Work. This is a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's hosted by me, Kyle Sconowell, and my friend, Robbie Earl. Robbie, today is the last episode of our season one. It's been an incredible journey. How are you feeling? Wow. Feeling nostalgic, unsurprisingly. Um, What a journey it's been. Even though, Robbie, (laughs) this is the end of our season one, it is not the end of Friends From Work. Oh, no. We are going to give you our best guess at an update of what our plan is going to be for the fall, okay? So here's my vision, (laughs) but also to execute his vision. (laughs) Here's my vision. (laughs) Call me Ella. Nobody believed me. (laughs) <laughs> There's so many vision references. I just said that we could work a lot of things in there if we need to. <laughs> I saw this coming. Give it know. to me. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> we are going to be taking a summer break after this episode, but it is incredibly important that you follow us on social media now more than ever before. We are at the FFW podcast. And I know we say that a lot, but some of these ideas we have for miscellaneous Marvel Let's. Instead of some of those Marvelettes being in podcast episodes over the summer, we're going to get to them occasionally on Instagram Live. Here's our thought. We feel like that will work really well because not only do we have the structure of a normal Marvelette, but you guys can jump in with your feedback, your questions, and we can respond to that live. Doesn't that sound kind of fun? Sounds fun to me. (laughs) (laughs) See, if we were on Instagram Live, they could say, yes, this does sound fun. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that people are sitting there listening to this and still speaking to us, though, that when we ask these questions, they're responding. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We think that'll be fun. If there's some other miscellaneous news or stuff like that that we need to attend to, we can get to that as well. So that's going to kind of be the format for the summer. But don't worry, because as soon as... Falcon and the Winter Soldier gets a green light for a release date that we 100% know of because of these weird times. We're going to be back up and running. And our hope is to cover Far From Home before that, then take a week or two to preview what we think could happen in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then after that, once new content is out, it's anyone's game, baby. We're going to be going (laughs) 
right at it, hopefully weekly, talking about these new episodes and what life looks like for these Avengers post-Endgame. Man, and it's going to be really interesting because season two for us is going to kick off this whole new era of the MCU in a few ways. I think most significantly incorporating these Disney Plus shows. Like It's, it's kind of crazy because moving forward, ostensibly, yes. if we were to do another rewatch, say in five years, right, that rewatch would probably include these shows Some now. of these things. Mm. So it's going to be really crazy to, to incorporate all this and kind of see where it lands. It's all going to be new. It's not only new content, but new format for us. So we're excited about that. And I'm personally, again, as we've come to the end of this rewatch that we'll reflect on here in a moment, I'm excited to see kind of how it works kicking off a rewatch with Spider-Man Far From Home rather than having ended this one with it and to see kind of how that flows into some of the movies that are coming up, especially with some things being pushed back and being pushed up and just kind of how the whole phase as we've set it up will now flow. So, And a ton of our current rewatch is mostly chronological with a few tweaks. And what's going to be interesting is obviously with this new content, it's not going to be chronological necessarily. So Far From Home may kick off the new (laughs) rewatch, but, you know, we don't know. Like Black Widow is going to jump right away back in the past. Right. And we don't know where WandaVision or Loki are necessarily going to be taking place 100%. But I'm excited about it. It'll be more like uh, release order. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. Well, what that tells me is that we'll have to go through it in release order and then just keep <laughs> yeah, doing this yeah. long enough that we can go back and do another rewatch, <laughs> incorporating yeah. all of the new stuff. <laughs> We're not lying when we say that we watched Endgame like three times this last week, and then Robbie texted, maybe we should just start over? Like, maybe I should <laughs> rewatch all the trilogies? <laughs> We're trying to think of new ways to watch these movies and see if something different happens, I guess. Star- starved for content over here. No doubt. Speaking of the rewatch, I have been reflecting some, which is sort of what I wanted to do on this episode. I know we have a few things we want to cover, but this is the first time now that that I've watched all these movies through in this order, and we've watched them together and with this whole kind of friends from work community, and I feel like there are just a few things that I noticed. Some things have been reinforced things that I already thought, uh, and some things I've maybe noticed for the first time. But one thing, and this is, (laughs) you're going to roll your eyes as soon as I say this, because I have been saying this since day one, but it just really hit home for me. We, We were talking on Instagram about who your favorite member of the big three is, right? And (laughs) I know this is a sore spot, but hear me out here. People said Captain America. Now, I'm not saying that's a scientific poll. I'm not saying that it's conclusive. (laughs) However, here's what I just think is really interesting about that, Kyle. Like, our own rivalries taken out of the equation. If you had looked at the MCU, you know, five years ago, Mm. would there have been any contest between those three? It would have had to have been Iron Man. It because would have Ragnarok been would not be out yet, which changed Thor. Right. I feel like if Ragnarok had not come out, Thor is not even really in this discussion. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, post, totally. Yeah, post-Ragnarok for sure. But 
it's such a funny thing for me, Robbie, because I joke. Like, I think I just, I resonate with Iron Man a little bit more, but yes, Captain America's trilogy is better. And what the last five years have done for Cap is outstanding. It's crazy. Two of his yeah. last three movies and then the work he did in Endgame and Infinity War is some of the best stuff in the MCU. So I joke yeah. about it, but I'm team Cap as well. I mean, I'm team oh, Iron yeah. Man, but I'm team Cap. Like I'm not, I love him with all my heart. You know, back in our first episode ever, we were talking about this, this quote from Joe Johnson who directed Captain America, the first adventure about this kind of gravitas that Chris Evans brought to a role that could have been so corny and Obviously, it's only gone way up from there, but I was just struck by how on paper, I still think Tony Stark is kind of a more interesting character, right? Like there's a, I feel like there's kind of some more nuances to it. Um, it's more of the traditional kind of, uh, he's like the super smart Alec, but good hearted guy that you sort of love to hate sometimes or whatever, but it's like, yeah, but I wonder if almost that is the reason why cap won that competition you're talking about. Like is Tony's character arc on paper, almost a little more like stereotypical. That sounds terrible. Cause I love it so much. Whereas I've grown to appreciate what you're saying about the earnestness of captain America. I never used to think that, but ever mm. since you said that, I can't get it out of my head. And in a way, his arc of being that crazy, like follow all rules, naive guy to kind of jaded is a different kind of arc. Hmm. Like it's fresh. Yeah, that's that's a really and good point. And yet somehow Chris Evans keeps that earnestness all the way through, even in Infinity War when he's kind of rogue. You yeah. still feel this. He still has like a moral compass you resonate with. That never changes, even though his exterior changes. And then to bring it kind of back to his original cap in a way in Endgame? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's kind of a fresh arc. So yeah. I'm with you a little bit there. Yeah, I think that's just what struck me here is, is kind of looking through the whole course of the MCU. And I think you're right. I think between Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame, we just got such great cap content and and especially within game that it's it's crazy because we went from an MC and this is just impressive I think maybe all around but a, a particularly uh, a shout out to the Russo brothers here I guess and Marcus and McFeely I think for the longest time the MCU was was Robert Downey Jr. and all of his kind of supporting cast members on some level you know like everyone had their own movies but it was really like he was the one holding down the fort. And I just think it's really cool to see us get to a place where I don't think that belittles Robert Downey Jr. or the work he's done at all. And I would never want to do that because I, I think what he brought to Tony Stark and what Tony Stark brought to these movies is, I mean, obviously essential. But I just think it's really cool that we got to a place now where there's some real debate over which of these characters is the most compelling and, and which one is your favorite Avenger. Like, I think that it's it's fun and impressive that we've reached that spot, and I think it speaks to how complex the universe has become. I also think we wouldn't feel the same way about either character if the other character didn't exist. They almost need each other for me to be compelled. Yeah. I don't know that Cap's arc or Tony's arc is as good if it's not centered around the conflict between the two and how different they are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 
that's why it's I'm not really a team. I'm not really on a team, you know. But this rewatch, this order, and talking to you and you having a different opinion than me has brought a great new appreciation and a focus on Captain America and Chris Evans as an actor. And I've very much appreciated that. This rewatch centers around that and it helps extend some of the ramifications of the big moments that we felt like got shortchanged. That's pretty much the two things it does, in my opinion. Yeah. Puts more of a focus on Cap and it separates out Civil War and some of the other big events like not jumping right into Far From Home right? If you can call that right. disorder by not throwing it right away after. Right. I, I've really enjoyed it. They'll, just for the record, the only tweak I would make on my next rewatch, like what I'm doing with my dad, is I did like that other path we diverged to, which is putting Guardians 2 later, not back yes. to back. Yeah, That's the yeah, only I've thing been, I'm tweaking for the future. I've made, as I've made recommendations to folks, I've had them go down that that road as well. And I think it's, I think it's better. Um, and so as long as we're talking about the rewatch, Kyle, I was curious, you know, obviously you've seen these movies, most of them several times, all of them before. Um, but on this watch that we've just finished, what was the most surprising thing that you picked up on that you never picked up on before? Maybe what, what caught you most by surprise? Maybe like a movie that hmm. you didn't look back on that well that you wound up liking or, or vice versa or a thread hmm. that you really noticed? Is there anything that kind of comes to mind? Oh man, okay. There's a lot that comes to mind. Can I start really big picture with yeah, my yeah. first part of my answer? I think because in the past I've watched these movies obviously in release order and I kind of just chose what movie I wanted to rewatch, you know? So I didn't, it's been a while I should say since I sat down and just rewatched them all. And I think the thing that most surprised me about this watch was how much I enjoyed going a little more linearly and how much everything worked in a linear way. Like Kevin Foggy had a bigger plan for this all than I ever even thought in the past. When you watch them in release order, you might be tempted to think that certain details get left out or something because you're bouncing around as a viewer as far as where it fits and what question gets brought up and whatever. Right. In this order, it's amazing how few details they missed. That's yeah. what surprised me the most. Like everything matters. Like we talk about everything was thought out and the few things that weren't, you know, we can joke about them, but they're so minor. Like when we talk about Thor's eyebrows being bleached. Right, right. You know, it's like, what a tiny detail, but so many things work. So many story arcs flowed. There was so much care given, more than I ever thought. That's my big picture answer. My small picture answer would be, I think I enjoyed some of the movies that I used to hate more than ever before. Sorry, I shouldn't say hate, but like right. I never thought Thor 1 was good at all. But on this watch, I really enjoyed it. Same with Thor The Dark World. Yeah. It used to be yeah. a joke movie, and I know we, we joke about it the entire podcast. We've joked about it every episode <laughs> possible. But like, <laughs> as, go back and listen to that episode. I said, like, I really enjoyed it. I don't know what it was, but it was fun for me. The music was good. There was some good action. It looked cool. There's funnier things that I remember. So I think in general, 
the movies that I used to think were just not good got elevated some. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say for me, Thor is kind of at, at the heart of what struck me most on, on this rewatch. Like I was talking about Cap earlier, but like I said, I kind of came in looking for that. Um, Endgame had sort of raised some questions in my mind about Thor's arc, right? Because up until then... I mean, Ragnarok was so great and Infinity War was really cool, but that it, we really were still, we had just seen this like peak Thor, but I wouldn't have called it really an arc. Like Thor, I think more than any other character, was, was really defined by his experience in Infinity War and Endgame. So going back to the rewatch, I was really struck by how well they specifically honored his arc in a way that like what you're saying made me really enjoy those first two Thor films. And so I think, you know, we've joked about it, but it hasn't been hard. I think this is what's crazy. It has not been hard for us to make those Thor two references. (laughs) That's actually true. We don't talk on the phone ahead of time and say, Hey, make sure you get a Thor dark world reference in here. We don't plan it out. It does come up naturally, (laughs) which is so funny. So, I mean, again, and, and, you know, to go back to what we were saying with just the way that all of these characters have become so complex, I, I, I think that a lot of that is Kevin Feige sort of shepherding it all along the way. But, but I, I did notice that, you know, whether it's, it's that or, or, or the Russos bringing everything together, he does have a, a traceable arc. Like, it's not like the first two Thor movies are just throwaways. And then it's Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame. Like I, I think it's fun to see that going back through, even even the way that he is in Age of Ultron. However, you feel about that uh, particular storyline, I think beyond that, um, can I also you know, say, kind of regarding that, when yeah. I'm looking at my list of of my rankings that we're going to do coming up later, I'm struck by how many of the earlier movies are towards the bottom of my list. And yet when those earlier movies came out, I loved them and I still love them. But what that tells me is I thought when I was watching Iron Man and the Avengers and these incredible movies that that was going to be peak MCU. Yes. And so many series go downhill from the time they release their first thing or their best thing. And yet this only got better. Almost yeah. all of my top 10, almost all of them happened in the last few years, which tells me they not only honored the originals, they improved on them. Yeah. Which is is not, I know that sounds so obvious now, but that is not a thing in movies all the time. That is not at all the normal. Oh no, totally. And, and I, I was struck by the same thing because- on our Avengers rewatch, as much fun as we had, and if you go back and listen to that episode, a lot of it is just Kyle <laughs> straight shouting hey, from enthusiasm. Hey. <laughs> That's no, I was on the I was on the same page. I had so much fun on that episode. And I remember that one specific recording that one specifically because I couldn't stop laughing. But at the same time, I remember being struck by the fact that, like, you know, having seen Infinity War and Endgame more more recently before going back and watching the Avengers, like I was like, wow, this this movie is worse than those, you know, like yeah, but also others too, like 
since seeing Ragnarok and Civil War and, oh, yeah, and yeah, Spider-Man yeah. and Winter Soldier. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It, which is which is just fun because like I, I feel like in other franchises, right? Um there are like these early kind of pinnacle movies that you're never gonna get past, like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Empire Strikes Back. Like Oh dude, almost everything. You talk yeah. about the office, people say season two, three, four is the best yep. thing they ever did. And it's almost every show, every yeah. movie, every series. And we've, yeah, and we've, we've talked about that a few times through the podcast, but I do think that that's a good, that that's a good takeaway. And I, I think, you know, again, that just makes me excited for kind of what's coming because I trust that the same folks that have kept improving all along the way are, are going to keep giving us interesting stuff. And I love that we can look forward to some different things that even now we're not expecting and maybe wouldn't think we wanted, you know, like Fat Thor and Professor Hulk that will probably ultimately be more satisfying. I think another thing that's happened that's going to be so fun to trace for the future is that now that this has gotten so successful, but also just so actually critically renowned as being just good, I think that's only going to draw in more actors, actresses, and directors and inspire them to be a part of this and to do something great. Like, meaning people want to be a part of this now because they see what the original six Avengers had. Not just financially, their career, but I mean, like, they poured themselves into it and made it such a good thing that I think now other people like Tom Holland are like, I want to be a part of this for as long as possible. This is a good thing. Right. I'm with you. All signs for our season two point that it's going to keep going up and be good and better and better. I hope that's the case. And I do believe that Kevin can do it. So go Marvel. (laughs) Go Marvel. (laughs) This rewatch wrapping up right now has been kind of fun because it's been about a year since Avengers Endgame originally released. And I'm sure a lot of you listening have seen this, but there's been a lot of talk and discussion about Endgame specifically in fact, <laughs> right when we kind of did our rewatch and released our episode, the Rousseau brothers actually did a rewatch of that movie <laughs> with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> so tough to top that. But if you haven't seen that, go check that out. They were obviously threatened by us. They were obviously threatened. Joe texted me and said, hey, bro, I got to do this. Sorry. Um, but it's been fascinating to Robbie and I how culturally relevant this movie still is a year later. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, like, I don't, I, I just don't think the conversation has fully stopped. And, and I think that that, again, says a lot to, the, the, I think that it's interesting because sometimes movies just make a big splash, right? And I think on some level, Endgame made a big splash because, of the amount of money it made and because it's a massive superhero blockbuster movie, so sure. But again, even though it is a massive superhero blockbuster movie, these characters and these stories have stuck with people such that people are still coming back and still wanting to relive it, even though it's only been a year. Like we're still, it's like not enough time has passed for us to be looking back on it fondly. We're still just kind of in it, but it's like people can't get enough of it. I know, and I actually think the directors and Robert Downey Jr., for example, feels the same way. If you watch that Instagram, they're still kind of in it, which is crazy to me and and something I love. I want my actors and directors to feel that passionate about it, 
But over and over again, they just kind of kept talking about how grateful they were to do this, how it's going to end up being kind of the project of their lives, you know? And it's, they don't say that in, in a way that's a bummer, like they can't move on. It was just such a, a reflective, like, I don't know. It was so cool to watch, and I love that they're as into it as we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is nice to see them not be... Sometimes you, you kind of get a peek behind the curtain, and it's a bummer to see creators be jaded. Right, that's what I mean. kind of cynical, yeah. And it's, it's fun to see... Really, I feel like everyone I can think of that was involved with Endgame seems to give off that vibe. Like, it seems like people just genuinely loved working on that project and working with each other. I know that hasn't been the case with everyone involved in MCU projects, particularly early on, but it seems like it finished up as this legitimate, at least from the outside, kind of family. I think so too. And if you listen to them talk about it, you actually get an understanding and a little bit of an appreciation for how much effort goes into this from the Rousseau brothers but from the crew, but also even from guys like Robert Downey Jr. They talked about how he constantly was trying to tweak what's the best version of Tony Stark for this. Like they, would, they were talking about how he would text them. They'd work all week hmm. and they'd be slaving away at it. And then Sunday night, Robert would still be texting them ideas of this or this, or we could tweak this with the death scene. And they specifically talked about Tony's death, that they knew he was going to die for over a year. And for a year, they pared that scene down. Like at one point, I think the death was going to be a lot more dialogue. There was going to maybe be more flash. And over the course of a year, they kind of came to the conclusion it needs to just be Tony not saying anything, sitting there kind of dying. And the more time they thought about it, the simpler it got. There's just stories like that where you start realizing like this is not them just winging it. This is Robert Downey Jr.'s life work. And Chris Evans' life yeah. work. And Chris Hemsworth's life. You know what I mean? Like they're all, they've poured themselves into this and that makes me appreciate it even more. So that rewatch, our rewatch, and then following along with, along with these guys has been so fun. And, you know, there's just, there's there's life lessons and there's something deeper to the MCU that keeps drawing us all back, whether it's a good versus evil or something we resonate right. with because, I mean, they're still even doing rewatch parties of other movies like Guardians yeah. 1 I saw with James Gunn and 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 it's, people can't leave it very easily. And I think that says something about the goodness of the story they're telling. Well, and that's how we started this whole thing, you know, back with our very first episode ever talking about Endgame and, and talking about kind of trying to figure out what that was. And I still don't know if we figured out what that, secret sauces other than the fact that it just seems again maybe it is just it it seems to be maybe it is just the people telling these stories seem to really believe in them like what you said like it seems like there is from everyone involved this real commitment to making something kind of good and and there's like a beauty in that and it's cheesy but i don't know i i think that there's I think it's really cool that we've gotten to all walk through this, you know, kind of collectively as a culture, but also with this friends from work community, because it is like, it's a story that is, I think, pretty unparalleled. 
It's not cheesy. It's only cheesy because we're talking in the context of superhero films, but you could say the same thing about it's cheesy about space people in Star Wars, and it's cheesy about orcs and elves in Lord of the Rings, but True. there are these... <laughs> epic stories of good versus evil and these tales, even like in Tony Stark's uh, eulogy, how he says yeah, the, yeah, the epic yeah. forces of dark and light. That is a story that will always resonate with us when it's told well in yeah. some other epic setting. And I think that's okay. That's good that you like that and you're drawn to that. So I'm with you. I love it. Robbie, we still need to wrap up by giving our final rankings. We teased these rankings all along with some movies neglected. We are finally going to give people our full-blown order and let people tear it to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do have to talk about our rankings, which you know is the which hardest is thing in the world. Which is kind of your nightmare. It's kind of your nightmare, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> like, I really enjoy the rankings part. Ravi stays up at night struggling over it. Well, at least you can know that that I haven't changed my list at all since the last time we talked. Wink, wink. Same, same. So I'm just going to fit in the last two Avengers. So we're not going to beat this to death because you guys have heard us talk about this, but I'm going to give you my Kyle Skonawil definitive final Marvel Cinematic Universe rankings. And then Robbie will do the same. Wow. I am going to do the bottom 12 movies in a hurry because we've already talked about those. And then I will... Reveal the top 10. Fair? Yep. Give it to me. Number 22 for Kyle Skonawil's list. The Incredible Hulk. Number 21, Thor. 20, Thor the Dark World. 19, Ant-Man. 18, Captain Marvel. 17, Iron Man 2. 16, Ant-Man and the Wasp. 15, Iron Man 3. 14, Captain America 1. 13, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. 12, Doctor Strange. And 11, Black Panther. Wow. So what's your bottom Black Panther 12? is 11 for you. Gosh. It's still halfway, okay? <laughs> that's pretty good. I okay, like okay. all of them, as we just said. <laughs> uh, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Number 22. For me, Robbie is <laughs> <laughs> the Incredible Hulk, unsurprisingly. Um, number 21 is Thor, 20, Iron Man 2, 19, Thor the Dark World, 18, Ant Man, 17, Ant Man and the Wasp, 16, Captain Marvel, 15, Doctor Strange. 14, Iron Man 3, 13, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 12, Captain America, the first Avenger, and 11, Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. We're not going to get into it. Same disparity as before. Yep. Everyone listening already knows the films, okay, that we are going <laughs> to argue about. But So I'm not going to say anything. You know, you know what I want to say right now, but I'm not going to, so I'm just going to move on. And now... This is the definitive top 10 movies in the MCU as said by Kyle Skonawil, although we all know it's the actual correct opinion. So everything <laughs> okay, else, okay. your opinions are all fine, but this is the right answer. This is like, this is like Peter Quill saying, okay, you have a plan, 
But the fact that it sucks, so let's just do my plan. <laughs> That's this case right here, okay? Here we go. Number wow. 10, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Number nine, The Avengers. Number eight, Iron Man. Number seven, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Number six, Spider-Man, Homecoming. And now, drumroll please, the top five movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, according to Kyle Scott Number five, Captain America, Civil War. Number four, Thor Ragnarok. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. And number two, Avengers Endgame. Number one, Avengers Infinity War. Wow. I want to hear your top 10, and then I want to say one last tidbit about those last two. Yep. Okay, so number two, Endgame. Number one, Infinity War. The best movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Okay, so my number 10 is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. My number nine is Iron Man. My number eight is The Avengers. My number seven is Captain America Civil War. My number six is Spider-Man Homecoming. Number five is Black Panther. Number four is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three is Thor Ragnarok. Number two is Avengers Infinity War. Oh, wow. And number one is Avengers Endgame. Now, what's interesting is it's not that common to have those two necessarily one and two. I think we both viewed those last two movies with such a larger perspective than just how is it as one standalone film because of our rewatch. Like we poured so much into building into those. In some ways, I would say Infinity War or Endgame actually has a couple flaws that even maybe Guardians of the Galaxy 1 doesn't have for me. I know that's bold to say. No, that's fair. But I just cannot emphasize the amount of impact those movies have when you factor in the buildup, when you factor in all of the characters that I love, getting to see everything I've always hoped I would get to see. Like, it just carries so much more weight than those other movies. That's why I have to put them one and two. And part of me didn't, like, I struggled forever to even separate them one and two because I loved viewing them back to back. And they complement each other so perfectly Absolutely. But I'm going to go with this official order for me. One other thing, and then I'll let you finish your thought on that. I used to think Endgame and Infinity War, there was a large gap there. Every mm. time I've watched Endgame these last few weeks, I've liked it more and more and more. And I am I was so tempted to put it at number one because it truly is, I mean, it's virtually perfect. And it's finally a year later hitting me like I think they intended it. And yeah. the cultural impact of it is so large. But I just can't go away from my gut like you did with Guardians and Thor Ragnarok. Right, like originally, right, right. my gut had Infinity War, and I still can't change that. They're both so good. It's impossible to separate, but I just separated. I, yeah, I think it's it's so hard because I remember... And I think we've mentioned this before, but I remember walking out of Infinity War and just thinking, well, that was the best 
Marvel movie I've ever seen and just one of my favorite movies I've seen, period. Like I was just so into it, saw it so many times, have always been into it. Whereas the first time I walked out of Endgame, I remember yep, we've said calling this. Candace mm-hmm. and she was like, what'd you think? And I was like, I don't know how to talk about this movie. Yep. Like it I felt I, so weird. It, it was so good. So you knew weird. it was good. Yeah. You knew yeah, it yeah. was good. But I, but I think yes, so unsettling. It's exactly. It's so unsettling. And, and I'm going to say something that I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say it any better than this. So I'm just going to use the language that we both understand. But this is not meant to disparage your ranking. But sometimes in my mind, the way that I think about Infinity War and Endgame is, I mean, Endgame's do- or Infinity War is obviously my number two, so I love it. <laughs> this is this is quite the disclaimer. I'm, right. I'm on edge. <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about before. We've talked about before how there are there are steaks and there are donuts. Oh yeah, okay. And I am not saying that in general Infinity War is a donut by any means, but I think within the context of these two movies. What I mean by that is I think Infinity War gave me everything that I wanted, and I loved it for that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really give me, it didn't, it didn't push me in any particular ways. Other okay, than the, relatively other than the speaking. Relatively speaking, speaking. These two, Com- okay. Right, right, compared to what Endgame did. But I think that's why I could walk out of Infinity War with, I mean, yep. e- even, even with the snap at the end, I didn't walk yep. out with the same unsettled feeling that I did walking out of Endgame. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because I think I'm exactly the same way. I just maybe <laughs> like donuts a little more <laughs> than I probably should. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I 100% agree. I've been wanting to say this for a long time. People know I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. In so many ways to me, if someone asked me what's my favorite movie of all time, I might say Inception. And in some ways, Inception is to Infinity War, like Interstellar is to Endgame. Oh, I wow. loved, I loved Interstellar, and I thought it pushed the boundaries and made me think about so many things that made me feel uncomfortable. Hmm. But it's so emotionally hard for me to watch over and over again that it's hard for me to say I like it more than Inception. But right. it did a lot of really, really good work that maybe even Inception didn't quite do. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I left Interstellar feeling very strange, and that's how I left Endgame. Hmm. But that's a, that's a if great I comparison. want a hearty steak and broccoli dinner where I'm going to have to just sit with my uncomfortable emotions and digest it, then Endgame's <laughs> better. Then Endgame's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're... And yeah, I get what you're saying because it almost belittles Infinity War. That's not the case. Right, that's not what but I'm trying I, to do at I don't, all. I love Infinity War, but if you want just something that's a little bit easier to digest and a little tastier up front, yep. it's Infinity War. But I'm, I'm so like So however you. you feel about those two <laughs> is how you're going to rank them, you know? But it, Yeah, exactly. Because the longer, the longer that I sit within game, it's just there's a depth to it that it keeps hitting me in different ways where like, Infinity War hits me in different ways in, in the context of the entire watch order, you know, just because of the culmination of certain stories and characters meeting. But it's like Endgame, just as a standalone movie, even even outside of just the obvious fulfillment of the stories concluding, there's mm. just, there's like, there are so many emotional layers to 
these scenes that I just feel like is it's like uh, in my mind it's a step above what we have seen in any other MCU movie. Do you okay, think that's okay, fair? okay. Yeah, here's another layer I just thought of. Okay, remove the ending of Infinity War, take it out of the equation, and if you want to be fair, take the ending of Endgame out. Hmm. And besides the ending of Infinity War. It is pretty standard linear fighting dread battle movie. Be, right. if, if you the shock of the snap though was so impactful for me that I think that shock alone raised the stakes to where I'm putting it number one. But without that snap, Endgame is clearly doing more work, character and plot wise. You know, right. Yeah. So it's just how much do you value that shock of the first time you saw that? Which I, as listeners know, value very, very highly in all films. Yeah. Like I watch movies. My favorite thing about movies is not knowing what's going to happen and then finding it out. And when hmm. I find out, it's hard for me to go back and rewatch. Now, it's so funny because I rewatch Marvel movies now for like a hobby slash a job with this. <laughs> um, but I've never been a movie quote unquote rewatcher. Like, I don't just watch films over and over again right. because so much of the impact of the film is finding out what's going to happen. So I think that's why ultimately my heart sides with Infinity War. Even though I know, I think Endgame is doing more work. <laughs> does that make any sense? No, it, to it totally does. And I came across this book um, through a professor of mine at the law school called How to Read Books, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Um, from a professor at the University of Chicago. And it, basically his thesis is that you read through something really quickly and just kind of take in the big picture. But then to really read it, like you need that big picture and then to be able to go back and read it a second or third time and kind of read everything within the context of the fuller picture that you've already seen. And I think that that really fits perfectly for me, like, I think that's a perfect oh, description for, for me of like how, yeah, Endgame and, and kind of our rewatch as a whole. I know. See, I'm valuing the first experience higher than you are. Yeah, You're valuing yeah. that digestibility after you understood the shock of it being over, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. And you definitely, upon rewatches, get more and more and more out of Endgame, whereas Infinity War, upon rewatches, is still incredible. Again, these are all, relatively speaking, but you you get just kind of that fun, action-y vibe and then the shock of the ending. Yeah, but, I would say, I would say like, the, the, um, the, the return is growing like exponentially with Endgame in a way that I wouldn't say it is with Infinity War on subsequent rewatches. Okay, a couple more notes. And this is going way longer than I thought this season wrap was going to do. But I love what we're talking about right now. So I'm not going to stop. I just love this. I also think, again, I'm so grateful that we're arguing this much about movies one and two. Like this didn't have to happen. There is a world where these movies were not filmed by the same people. They're oh, not that's so true. directed by the same people or filmed at the same time. And one of them was a bomb. Like one of them's number 14 on my list. That's, right. That, that oh, totally gosh. could have happened. Yeah. Right? Like that's happened in almost every other series. Right. When well, you do something how, like this. That's how a lot of people feel about Rise of Skywalker after The Last Jedi. Right. Star Wars is such a perfect parallel to this because I think Star Wars is amazing, but I think they've done things 
incorrectly where Marvel did things correctly. Yeah. Like that's a perfect example. A ton of people would say Star Wars is Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Those two are like head and shoulders above everything else. Well, yep. guys, there was another seven movies made after those two. So it is like in Star Wars's case, it didn't happen like this where every movie got better. <laughs> right. So I'm just thankful that these two were pulled off by the Rousseau brothers and by Kevin and these actors in such a way. And I think filming at the same time was key because they flow so perfectly. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they made this work. So I'm just so thankful that, that's, that we're arguing about one and two and we're not arguing about one and 15. Okay, that's my first premise. Yeah. My second thing, kind of reiterating what I said earlier, if an alien came to Earth and had never seen any movie ever, and they said, I want to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What's that? I know no characters. I've never read a comic. Interestingly enough, I'd probably hand them Guardians of the Galaxy 1. That's what I'd probably hand them if they had no preconceived notions of Iron Man or Captain America or anything. Interesting. But it's not number one on my list. And that's where I struggle with, like I think if you handed them Endgame, it would be so good, but it'd be so, they'd miss so much of it that it wouldn't be, better right. than Guardians 1. So like, if I had to say in that scenario, I'd probably hand them Guardians of the Galaxy 1, then Ragnarok, then maybe I'd hand them like Endgame or Infinity War just to show them what it could be. I don't yeah, know. Just that's, a thought. That's tricky because <laughs> Candace just to torture me because she knows that my answer will change from week to week will ask me sometimes if I could only watch one Marvel movie for the rest of my life, what movie would that be? But these are all different questions. It's kind of the same point, but they're different things a little bit. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because as you I think it'd the be question, Infinity War for me. I think that's why I'm that's why I'm answering that. I think it'd be Infinity War. So I've always I've always said, or I say that since Infinity War came out, I've said Infinity War for that. And I think after this last final watch of Endgame, I think I'm gonna say Endgame there too which I know is strange because Infinity War gives me a lot more of like the kind of moments I would want from a superhero movie. But I think that one thing that Endgame has for me that Infinity War just does not have at all is the Cap-Tony relationship. And granted, right. it works so well in Endgame because you don't have it in Infinity War, right? Like it's the right. fallout you have it, but You have it by not having it kind of right, in Infinity right. War. That's the point. Yeah, but, but I, I get think, what you're saying. I think, like, for me, the a movie yes. that, you know, like, obviously, I, I wouldn't want it to be someone's introduction to the MCU, but it to me, like, it encapsulates it so well because we kind of, we talked about how it, it, it returns characters in some ways to their kind of fullest oh. original form while also, it's like they've come full circle, though, but, like, it's like, you know, it's like they're walking around the side of a mountain you know it's like they're back kind of at the spot where they were but they're on a higher plane now yeah but then seeing them work together right makes me so happy i mean the fact that cap's last line is i thought i'd try getting some of that life that tony told me about just makes me so right. happy like i can't even explain it so you're right there you're right there Gosh, but it is so, I mean, and that's that's some of the stuff that will be fun for us to talk about over the summer. And I think everybody kind of has their different takes on like what their, you know, Mount Rushmore of MCU movies are or, you know, what their one indispensable one is. Or I've seen people put together a list of, you know, because I know sometimes mm. people will will say, 
that they have people that want to get into the MCU. And I think we've even touched on this before that don't want to watch all of them. So it's kind of fun to see what are the really essential movies. Like there's so many different things to talk about here that I'm sure we will talk about because we can't not talk about them. But this is why we're doing some Instagram live stuff over the summer because we've recorded 50 plus episodes. (laughs) Me and you have had another 50 plus conversations outside of those episodes. Easily. And yet I came into this episode saying, Robbie, let's just do like a... 30-minute wrap-up of the whole thing. And here I am. I can't stop talking or thinking about it, even though I'm already done. And Endgame's been done for a year, and I can't stop thinking about it in these ways. That's why I have to have some stories. That's why we did this podcast. That's why we love you guys. That's why I think you guys still like this stuff, because you can't stop thinking about it. I love that. I love all of it. It's so fun, and I'm really excited to hear from listeners what their final rankings are, kind of what their big moments from the rewatch were. Like, I know we've got some people that have been going all along the way, and I would love to see kind of how their perspectives have have changed, if they have changed. So, it, again, follow us on social media because we'll be asking some questions like that. We'd love to get some feedback as we move into our mid-season break before we start season two. And we've said this before, but when Robbie and I started this podcast... We had no idea where it could go. We didn't know if anyone would listen. And we've been so thankful and honored that people are listening. Now, because people are listening, we kind of want to blow this thing up. So, (laughs) And so just kind of one last pitch. We could really use your help for season two. We've had so much fun doing this. But anything you guys can do to help us blow it up for season two, we want to make season two so big in such a big way. (laughs) Huge. Um, (laughs) And you guys can help with that. You can tell your friends about it. You can follow us on social media. If you are taking somebody through the MCU or you think somebody would like it, share our podcast with them so they can go back and listen to the episodes we've already done. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us. You can follow us on Spotify, subscribe. There's a lot of things you guys can do to help us, but we want season two now to be huge because this has exceeded our current expectations and we have dreams of what we could do in season two. Robbie and I are so thankful for all of you. This has been a dream come true for us. So may the fourth be with you. (laughs) And thank you for joining us on season one of Friends From Work. Friends from work will return.